Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie theater, popcorn, and other movie snacks like my go-to snack for during the previews when I don't want to eat half of my bag of popcorn before the movie starts, those delicious Welch's fruit snacks. Those are my go-to and I love them. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and with me as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. And David... Happy holidays. How you doing? I'm full. For real. I have so many leftovers in the fridge. It's crazy. I'm I'm just rolling around. It's been good. We've 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 eaten well. And we've admittedly taken a little time off. We didn't have a podcast last week and that's fine. You know, obviously the holidays, family and all these types of things, but we had to bring it back in. We had to get back into the studio into the palatial uh, popcorn diet studios here because some monumental changes have been made to the oscar season you know we did what two i think oscar podcasts before this we did yep. our our way too early ones yep in like october yep and then we did no like in september even uh and then we did our not quite as early ones about a month, month and a half ago. I believe it was November 1st. And we've had nearly two months between that and now. To now we are right on time. It's our perfectly timed episode of Oscar, Progno- Oscar Prognostication. And there's a lot of stuff that's been happening. Instead of just uh, speculation and maybe this is going to happen. Everything's out now. Everybody has seen everything. So the opinions are raging. And... We haven't seen everything, obviously. We live in Arizona. We don't get a lot of special limited screenings. Although it's not too bad. Shout out to uh, shout out to Camel View, uh, pretty good theater. Harkins mm-hmm. Camel View, pretty good theater. Catching some independent films or films that you might not be able to see everywhere. You know what mo- uh, movie theater starting to do it for Arizona people hmm. is uh, Tempe Cinema. They got a Florida project playing right now. That's true, and they have local. Uh, they have uh, uh, local filmmakers as yeah, well. Our our, uh, our good movie buddy, uh, friend of the podcast, Travis, Travis Mills. Travis had Mills, Blood Country, grew up, grew up with this with this kid, and we're not we're not going to talk about it today. We'll have Travis on the podcast one of these days. I know we will. Um, but I, I saw that that was playing there as well. So there is opportunity for us to see these small films. I have seen a few smaller films that David has thus far adamantly refused to see. Uh, Easy. <laughs> uh, I saw what? What were all the? What were you the saw? Lady saw? Bird. I saw Lady Bird. This is the only one I can think of that you. You saw three billboards. We saw three billboards. Mm-hmm. You're gonna see I Tanya possibly tomorrow. That's exciting. Um, and then I think I'm gonna see Shape of Water this weekend. Not that that's like a small independent film or anything, but regardless, that is one of the Oscar films now. Not only are we starting to see some of the most talked about films of the year and the ones that are gaining momentum for the Oscar uh, season, but the nominations are coming out, the awards are starting to roll out, and we're starting to get a clearer picture of everything that's been happening. And it started with the National Board of Review Awards, which were back in, man, that was all the way back in late November, I think at the very end of November is when the National Board of Review announced their winners. And they announced the best film as Steven Spielberg's The Post. 
and they nominated or they announced best directors Greta Gerwig, actor and actress went to Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep respectively for the posts. Supporting actor went to Willem Dafoe and supporting actress went to Laurie Metcalf. And their top films of the year were actually what I thought to be pretty diversified, just in terms of genre. Uh, we got Baby Driver, one of my favorite films of the year, great action uh, film. Call Me By Your Name, The Disaster Artist, Downsizing, which seems like a misstep now, um, Dunkirk, Florida Project, Get Out, Lady Bird, Logan, and Daniel Day-Lewis's allegedly final film, The Phantom Thread. So, you know, that was encouraging. It was encouraging to see Logan show up. It was encouraging to see Dunkirk and Baby Driver and whatnot. No love for Wonder Woman, sadly. Um, although I believe that did get a special spotlight award, although I don't know what the fuck that means. It's, it you're, means... You're good enough for us to say your name but not make our top ten? I guess. I I, maybe it's a... I don't know. Spotlight I, award. I, I, I don't know what that means. It's like a... It's like a... You did a good job, guys. It's like a honorable... It's like the participation ribbon almost. It feels like it, kind of. Um, so, you know, that pushed a lot of the sort of frontrunner films into kind of the, the new stratosphere. You have the frontrunners, you have the possibilities, you have the also You know what fans. I think hurt uh, Wonder Woman the most? What? So far? Lady Bird. Oh, uh, well, that's were, a, not a terrible point, actually. Because for a while there, it was like everybody was on the Patty Jenkins train. Like, right, Wonder this, Woman, Woman in Film. Woman in Film, yeah. getting into the superhero genre and that. Yeah. And then, like, Lady Bird comes along. And, and then when they realize like, that they No could, one's talking about Patty Jenkins anymore. No, no, because then they realized, David, that they could nominate a quirky indie film instead of a studio that's never been done before so jesus i have at least one rant in me today about that bullshit um so that was the national board of review that's the first actual awards that were actually handed out everything else is just nominations starting with the golden globe awards and as we all know the golden globes are they're sort of accurate they're sort of a good barometer but at the same time the golden globes and the hollywood foreign press they're star fuckers they want the biggest names there Everybody knows it. They're weird. Everybody just goes and gets drunk and lets, lets Ricky Gervais <laughs> up on the stage. Um, that being said, The Shape of Water was nominated for uh, seven categories. And The Post was nominated for six, along with three billboards. Lady Bird for four. All the money in the world, oddly enough, for three. Yeah. Uh, Call Me By Your Name, Dunkirk, Greatest Showman, I, Tanya, all got three nominations. Uh, so, you know, you got the typical ones in there. Like, I, I'd venture to say most of the drama nominations are going to get nominated for Best Picture, Call Me By Your Name, Dunkirk, The Post, Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. Comedy, musicals, probably not so much. The Disaster Artist, Get Out, The Greatest Showman, I, Tanya, and Lady Bird. I'd be shocked if two of those movies made the cut. You know, Get Out and Lady Bird seem to be, like, the ones that are, in terms of Best Picture, way ahead of the game. Yeah. I would agree. I mean, I think uh, you've got two dark horses in there. I, I don't see how Disaster Artist gets in there. I think Franco gets some love for sure for acting. Sure. Um, and then I think I, Tanya's had some, some good press since it's come out. It's had a little momentum. A uh, little momentum. So could always sneak in there because there can be 10 nominations. Right. But it's, but it's probably going to be on the outside looking the in. This, as, as I hit my microphone – 
important to note that ever since they changed the nominations from 5 to 10 and then back to anywhere between 5 and 10, there have not been 10 nominations. There hasn't been, which we'll get into the nomination process. <laughs> I know I've mentioned it before, but it is atrocious. It is the dumbest thing in the world. So the Golden Globes bring it out a lot here. And then we have the Critics' Choice, which is all about Shape of Water. Critics' Choice Shape of Water has like 14 nominations. Um, and then I think the next closest movies are like have eight. Um, so Shape of Water, in my opinion, really jumped out ahead here. But the important distinction to make is that both the Golden Globes and the Critics' Choice, they are run by the critics, the Hollywood Foreign Press and the National Association of Film Critics, I believe, if, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken there. Or, I'm sorry, the Film Critics Association. So that was close, Broadcast Film Association. Um, they, those are not typical Academy members. Those are not ones where, you know, despite the fact that the actual Critics', critics Choice nominations actually do follow the Academy pretty well, pretty close, um, it's still not the most accurate barometer. Where you start getting the more accurate barometers are in the Guild Awards. Mm -hmm. Your Screen Actors Guild, your Directors Guild, your Producers Guild. You know what Guild spells to me? What? Just some stuck-up people that I have nothing in common with. Bunch of assholes. <laughs> but that's, I mean... <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, it's it's the the Screen Actors Guild, the direct, but you gotta it's it's unions. It's just the unions patting themselves on the back. And that's all this is, and that's an important thing that I think we should mention right off the bat. Here is as much as you and I love Oscar season, and we do truly love Oscar season. I have no problem talking about how this is complete and total utter bullshit. <laughs> Well, it's even like uh, the first awards that we talked about, the National Board Review ones. Right. They There was an article I was reading about how it's a terrible predictor of the Oscars. It is. Like last year, Fences and Lion weren't even nominees on by the National Board. No. Nope. And in 2016, Big Short, Brooklyn, and Revenant all weren't even all nominated. All weren't even on it. Like it's, it's – and, and that's the – and that's, you know, that's how it goes. It, it happens. Um but it's important to mention that, like, the, one of the biggest themes of this podcast, one of the main reasons that we got, we founded the Popcorn Diet and started this was because movies are subjective and because there is no right answer, right? It's, it's really weird to judge and rank art because everything is different. A Picasso is different than a Van Gogh, and it's different than a Pollock. And it's the same is true of Lady Bird versus Shape of Water versus, you know, fucking Avengers. Like, they're all films, and they're all films that you can love and enjoy. And so that's, I, I always try to bring that up, is that I, I really, as much as I love the Oscars, I just think that they're so dumb because they put they they make a ton of people think that their favorite movie is wrong and i think that's wrong um and i'll get into the diversity of it a little bit later here but going kind of along with what we were talking about with the the sag awards it actually moved away from the pattern that we were seeing before very little love for the shape of water 
for the SAG Awards. Only Sally Hawkins getting nominated for uh, lead actor, lead actress, I'm sorry. And then Richard Jenkins coming in as supporting actor. Uh, that's really it. And Richard Jenkins was a bit of a surprise because I thought it was going to be Michael Shannon. Yeah, I mean, Michael Shannon's been getting no love. No love. Zero love. It's been all Richard Except Jenkins. Except from here because he is a good movie buddy. Yeah, he's a good friend of the podcast. L- nothing but love for Michael Shannon, good friend of the podcast. But uh, they have, oh man, you know, the big ones are like uh, three billboards. Three billboards landed a huge four nominations at the SAG. Lady Bird not, uh, nabbed three. And that's mostly because, I mean, you're just focusing on acting. So there's only really like five categories that matter. Yeah. Main actor, main actress, supporting actor and actress, and then ensemble. Right. Uh, kind of weird, though, that none of the post was nominated. Part part of me thinks that like SAG just didn't get to watch the post. Or so. maybe they're just. No, SAG just didn't get to watch the post, David. <laughs> There's no way Meryl Streep doesn't get nominated. I'm genuinely shocked. Meryl Streep just didn't get nominated. Didn't didn't just get nominated because she's Meryl Streep. Like that's. I don't know. She gets nominated for everything. She'll show up for five minutes in the fucking second Mamma Mia and get a nomination. I guarantee you. Anyways, that being said, we have more we have more tangible data now. And and David, you might disagree with this a little bit, but I think our kind of top five front runners for the award season right now are pretty clearly laid out in that it's the shape of water, ladybird, the post. Call Me By Your Name, and Dunkirk. Uh, Now, we haven't said a lot of Dunkirk right now, but it should be noted that Dunkirk has gotten a lot of critics' association love. They've got got a lot. Christopher Nolan's gotten a lot of love there as well. How do you feel about that top five, just in terms of frontrunners right now? I I would agree with it. I mean, I think think it's probably a tighter race than – than some of the previous years um, in that I feel like most years it boils down basically to two films. I could see it being more of like a three-horse race this sure. year um, because you've got some variety in there. You've got, I think you could see like Dunkirk, which is like Christopher Nolan, war film. War film. Then I think you Impeccably could, made. Then I could see you got Del Toro and his unique approach to film mm-hmm. and Shape of Water. And then I think you, right now, it seems like that third contender is is leaning, at least to me, based off of the momentum, is more Ladybird than Call Me By Your Name. But uh-huh. I think one of those two gets in the conversation, too, and it becomes a three-way race. I, I, think, I don't think both Ladybird and Call Me By Your Name get into the top three. What do you think were, if we say, if we were to boil it down to three, what do you think the three were for last year? Because last year it was Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water. I think it was the three horse between Moonlight, Manchester, and La La. You think it was Manchester? That's I, think, what that- I think that, I mean, last last year I thought it was just between Moonlight and La La. Sure. With Manchester being the next closest. Sure. But I don't think there was a, I don't think it was a three horse race. I mean, some people, didn't some people talking up to it, I think, talk about Arrival even being a dark horse? Arrival, um, and I think you're right about Manchester, because when I initially remembered it, uh, I remembered it as Arrival. But I think you're right in the sense that it was pretty much just a two horse race um, between Moonlight and La La Land. It's really interesting to go back and see, like, 
which ones actually had a chance of winning something like the revenant like it was the revenant versus spotlight versus the martian versus mad max like that's a, that's a real interesting list um man i remember spotlight well and it's it's interesting too because i think one of the that spotlight one best picture <laughs> one of, i think one of the ones that you, i think the first awards that you really got to pay attention. And does screen, screen Actors get announced before Golden Globes? Which one gets announced? Good question. First? So that actually leads us to the awards calendar, David. So I'm glad you brought that you up. Yeah, that was my segue. So that was an excellent segue. So um, the the SAG voting is actually already open. Um, it's it's open all throughout the, the rest of the year. But we get the Golden Globe Awards on the 7th of January. Okay. So those get... Uh, announced first okay and then we get critics choice and then we get the producers guild which is usually a very good barometer for best picture and then we get sag and then we get the directors uh guild uh the writers guild then we get bafta so i'm not announcing any of the dates here so i'm being a really shitty calendar person (laughs) well i think golden globes january 7th well and that's the thing that i think about these is that certain awards better predict certain categories for sure like screen actors usually is fairly in line with the The acting acting ones like for instance last year everything was the same in screen actors as the oscars except for one which was best actor screen actors gave it to denzel casey affleck ended up winning but emma stone Ali and Davis, Viola Davis, all won. Right. And they won the Screen Actors as well. PGA, uh, I think same thing. I think La La Land won the PGA. I don't have the actual what won last year, unfortunately. Um, but so the Critics' Choice actually, again, really close with the exception of Best Picture. Uh, La La Land won Best Picture for that. Um, those are on January 11th. And then we get the Producers Guild on January 20th. Um, February, we get BAFTA. Uh, on the 18th, and BAFTA's the British Academy Awards, um, which are pretty close. They have a, a, a Darkest Hour and Dunkirk are going to win so many awards at yep. the British Academy Awards. Those are the two most British films of the year, for sure. Um, and then we get March, and this is, uh, I think this is the first year that the Oscars are being held in March. They've been kind of getting pushed back um, a little bit more and more every year. So they were at the end of February, but now they're the first week of March. You got the Spirit Awards on the 3rd, and then on the 4th you have the 90th Annual Academy Awards. Yeah, and just little uh little thing like you said Pull on the PGA. Pull up some research PGA, for us. All right. Uh, it has matched the Oscars for Best Picture 19 of its 27 years. So pretty good about odds. 67% there. Pretty good odds. Pretty yeah. Cool. Yeah, so those are really really close. Um and so the next Once the Oscar nominations are announced, which is January 23rd, then we can just get to go batshit crazy. We'll do, like, one more preview episode. Uh, We'll probably do a nominations episode and then right before, right when the Academy Award final voting closes on February 27th. That's actually a pretty good job. That's a fast turnaround. Their Academy Award final voting closes on the 27th, and then they're ready to go on the fourth maybe if they took their fucking time david they wouldn't screw up the ballots like they did last year maybe (laughs) well maybe they could go digital like the rest of the world 
Yes. So we don't have to worry about hanging chads. Maybe or they do. Like that. I, don't I don't even know. know. I'm not an Oscar member. I'm not an Academy member. So with all of that being said, and again, this isn't going to be a very long episode because we've done all this prognostication and thinking before. We want to go back once again, and we want to see if there needs to be any type of revisions to our top six categories. And for those of you who don't remember, our top six categories are Best Picture, Director, Actor, Actress, Supporting Actor, and Supporting Actress. And so we're going to go through, we're going to spend the rest of the podcast going through these. There have been some changes there have been some changes, uh, starting with Best Picture. I've actually taken out two nominations. I originally had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I originally had all ten nominations filled. But as I said before, since the Academy Awards have turned from their anywhere between five and ten rule, there has not been ten nominations. And I can't help but think that the nominations are going to be varied enough to warrant another ten. So I cut out Blade Runner 2049. I, I stopped that chase, sadly. Ouch. I know. It hurts. And I also cut out Phantom Thread. Oh. Uh, and so they're out. They're not even being replaced with anything. Uh, I did, however, replace the Florida Project with Lady Bird. Ooh. And I replaced the Big Sick with Get Out, meaning that my eight nominations right now are Dunkirk, Lady Bird, Call Me By Your Name, The Post- Darkest Hour, The Shape of Water, Get Out, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. So I'm calling eight nominations right now. And we got one. We're going to do what? One more of these before the one nominations more. come one out? One more. Probably. We'll probably do it the week before. Okay. We'll do We'll do our final lock-in. Yep. I like it. Okay. So those are my eight. Uh, for me, I'm sticking with ten. Okay. It's a bold move. You know, and I am uh, – there's no changes really on my end. There is there is one change that uh, that I would make, and that's unfortunately the end of Wonder Woman, yeah. replaced with Lady Bird. So my ten are Lady Bird, Florida Project, Dunkirk, Get Out, Phantom Thread, okay, The Post, Shape of Water, Three Billboards. I'm sticking with Molly's Game. And call me by your name. Well, you know, in your defense, Molly's Game has only just recently come out. And it's getting a little bit of love. Some some good writing love. Aaron Sorkin, apparently, amazing script. He's always uh, amazing. A fantastic writer. I can't say I agree with you sticking to ten here. I just I just can't see it. Well, I'm sure it. I'm sure two of those will get knocked out. Probably. It, it'll probably be Molly's game and, and Phantom Thread, but I still believe in Daniel Day, even though I have zero interest in seeing Daniel that Day. Movie. Dan, you're not interested in, in no. dressmaking? No. <laughs> At all? <laughs> it just feels so weird. Like, that's a, a movie. Like, it's a movie about a master seamstress or seamster. I don't oh, know what you But it's so it. much deeper than that, Rick. I mean, of course it is. It's Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm just disappointed that that's what we're going out with with Daniel Day-Lewis. I really wish that, that he would if, do, like, if, a Marvel movie if or this a Star is, Wars if movie. If this is truly his last movie, like, going out... And I'm sure it's, you know, fantastic job by him as always. Right. But this is what we're going out with. After all the characters you've been, epic characters that you've been over the years, we're going to go out with a dressmaker. A dressmaker. I mean. See, if I were Daniel Day, and I know this is a little bit of a digression here, I would just call Disney and just be like, as much money as you're willing to give me, I will be your newest villain. Or whatever. I want to be a Star Wars villain. Instead. I'll fucking cash in in a second. You want me to be Supreme Leader Snoke? I'll be Supreme Leader Snoke. I don't even care. Are you kidding me? 
<laughs> that would be my go out. I need some retirement money on that. All right, so those are our Best Picture nominations. Uh, David, I'll let you segue direct, directly into your director nominations. Are there any major changes for you? You know, I, I hinted at this earlier when we were talking. Um, I have taken out Patty Jenkins Ugh. and put in Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird. Switching out. Uh, but everything else remains the same for me. Shape of Water, Del Toro, Christopher Nolan, Dunkirk, Spielberg, The Post. Yep. And McDonough, uh, three billboards. Do our do we have n- matching nominations? We do. Wow. I also have. So it I took mean, a while, but we, uh, we <laughs> come round three. We are in agreement. We are finally. Um, we are in agreement with best director. I removed uh, Luca Guadagnino, whose name last name I can't pronounce. I apologize, Luca. Uh, but call me by your name. I'm taking him out. And uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Denis. I'm sorry, Denis. Whose last name I have a struggle pronouncing as well. <laughs> as gorgeous as that movie is, it's not getting a lot of love. And I replaced them with Martin McDonough and Greta Gerwig. So my five are exactly the same. Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, Martin McDonough for Three Billboards, Spielberg for The Post, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, and Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. All right. Best actor. What do you got? Best actor. Uh, I have – did I make – I wonder if I made any big changes here. I don't think I did. I think I left this the same. Uh, I have Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread. Gary Oldman's my frontrunner for Darkest Hour. I have Tom Hanks for The Post. And then the ones that I added in last episode were James Frankel for The Disaster Artist and the new most punchable face in Hollywood, Timothy Chalamet for (laughs) Call Me By Your Name. And listen, listen, Timothy, if you're out there, man, I don't mean this personally. I really don't. I'm sure you're a great dude, but I couldn't stand you in Lady Bird. Your character was a douchebag. And you just have that face, man. You just have that punchable face. He's your new. Uh, who was the one that uh, played? Um, oh, what's his name? He was nominated back to back years. He was the cross dressing guy last. Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> he's your new Eddie Redmayne. Man, he's even worse though, because Eddie Redmayne at least like looks like a nice guy. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet looks like a prick he just does again i'm sorry timothy i i don't i don't i don't i don't know you i don't come on the podcast we'll we'll we'll, we're happy to have you i promise i won't punch you in the face but if you fucking google his name and look him up i'll do it right now we're gonna do it right now real life all right timothy chalamet all right david this is a live reaction we're gonna go to google images we're gonna let this some bitch load up here and you tell me you don't want to hit this kid Square in his fucking face. Just tell me that. Look at that kid. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. As as I a, I, I agree. He's he's got a face. He's, he's got, got an a irritating face. face. I agree. You he know? has a face. All right. Well, for me, I am right. not. There's one change I made. There's one I'm sticking and digging my heels in. Oh my god. And, Look. And 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 I'm I'm fine with that. But uh, my picks are. Daniel Day-Lewis, Phantom Thread, uh-huh. Gary Oldman, Dark Tower, Tom Hanks. Uh, my change was after trying Steve Carell in two movies. Yep. I not, have, he's officially been crossed it's off. Not, he's not getting any traction this year. James Franco and Disaster Artist replaced him. Yep. And I'm sticking with a out of left field dark horse going Adam Sandler. This, There's no way you're sticking with that for a final episode. <laughs> I know that you're not. I know that you're not. That's not, I mean, <laughs> I know that you're not. I mean, respect that you're sticking that long. 
respect, but nonetheless, Jesus. All right. And my best actress, um, I made one change here. Okay. And we were a little bit different in this one. A I went little bit. Sally Hawkins, Shape of Water. She's mm-hmm. been there since the start. Uh, I don't even remember. Ronan from Lady Bird. Saoirse. I, Saoirse. There you go. There That's you right. Go. Her name's not spelled like Saoirse. So. No. Um, then I've got Margot Robbie for I, Tanya. I've got Francis McDormand, Three Billboards, and Jessica Chastain still from Molly's Game. She's probably going to be the one that gets knocked out, but... You think so? Yes, I don't have Streep in my top five. You don't have <laughs> that. I feel is just a misstep. That's like <laughs> not putting like LeBron in your on your fantasy basketball team. I don't know why. You know what? I'm I'm just I'm playing a hunch. Okay, All I'm right. playing a hunch. All right, that's fine. I'm, that's you know, and that's part of the fun of this. Uh, my best actresses haven't changed at all. Although I do agree that if anybody's going to get knocked out, Chastain has the least amount of momentum right now. Yeah. So mine is And some Sally. of that's because their movie just came out. It did. And the only reason Streep has momentum is because she's Meryl Streep. Like, because the post <laughs> is just coming out, too. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, we shouldn't feel too bad for Jessica Chastain either because she's getting that X-Men money. Do you know she she's is. the new bad guy in the new X-Men movie? Oh, I didn't hear that. She is. She's she's the new bad guy. So, there you go. So we shouldn't feel too bad uh, for her about that. Um, mine are all the same. Mine are uh, Sally Hawkins, Shape of Water. Uh, uh, Saoirse Ronan, Lady Bird, Meryl Streep, The Post, Francis McDormand, Three Billboards, and Jessica Chastain, Molly's Game. Uh, supporting actor. I did make a couple changes here because we did see um, some some momentum shift around. Uh, the two that I've stuck with since the beginning are Defoe from The Florida Project. And I'm sticking with Mark Rylance for Dunkirk right now. He's certainly not the one with the most momentum, but he's so damn good in that movie. And that dude has won. He's an Oscar winner. It's it's Christopher Nolan. Like there's possibilities there. Um, but I did change my Shape of Water nomination. Ooh. Michael Shannon, our our boy, our friend of the podcast, Michael Shannon. As we said, as we said earlier, not getting any love, no love. for being the villain of uh, the Shape of Water. But you know who is Richard Jenkins playing the uh, next door neighbor of Sally Hawkins' character. So I'm putting Richard Jenkins in uh, for The Shape of Water. I'm also taking out my boy Idris Elba from Molly's Game. Pretty much the only two things coming out of that movie right now are Aaron Sorkin and Jessica Chastain. So unfortunately, Elba's out, and he's getting replaced with Michael Stuhlbarg uh, from Call Me By Your Name. Uh, That could get split. That could go Army Hammer. It could go Michael. I'm not sure. And then, of course, Sam Rockwell, Three Billboards, who I think is, if not the front runner, tied for the front runner. Yep. Uh, I think, I think this this is the year of Rockwell. I well, hope. Supporting actor has been a giant mess for me. I don't yeah, have any of my originals, so I am currently. I knocked out Idris Elba finally. Man. And he's replaced by Willem Dafoe. Uh, last time I replaced Lawrence My Fishburne God. and I'm put in Michael Stuhlberg. I'm keeping with him, so he's staying the same. Yep. Uh, I have Sam Rockwell still. I put him in for Harrison Ford last time. He's yep. still there for me. I agree with you. I think he's the front runner. Um, I went from Army Hammer to Michael Shannon, <laughs> and now I'm Richard Jenkins since Michael Shannon is getting no love. No love. And originally I was Christoph Waltz in our way too early. 
I went Mike Rylance last time, and I'm sticking with him. So, okay. But I do think it is interesting. You made a comment about it. I do think Call Me By Your Name is going to get hurt by their two, and split it's going to split the vote. Possible. And so that's why I really don't see either of them being a threat. I don't think they deserve it anyways. But I think it's going to come down to... But you haven't to, seen the film. I haven't seen it. I don't think they deserve it, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not biased at all. Um, but I do think it'll come down to Rockwell and Defoe. Just I think so, everything too. that I've read and knowing those... We got... Such, maybe Richard Jenkins is a dark horse there, too. We got two months of, of freaking politicking. Well, so. and you know, what hasn't even started is the money yet. So, I mean, some of these movies... Especially, and and the ones I feel like where money really comes into play are the ones that came out earlier, mm -hmm. because you got to get them back mm -hmm. into the. You got to like, throw the parties. Like last year, last year that happened a lot with uh, Manchester by the Sea because mm -hmm. that was a November movie. Remember? Yep. Uh, early November. It might even been end of October. But uh, same with Arrival. Arrival was like a September Arrival was October. like a September October movie, mm -hmm. and both of those invested a lot of money. I mean, you couldn't go on IMDb without seeing Manchester by the Sea for your consideration. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what movies really get campaigned. I mean, Get Out's gotten some love. Yep, Get um, Out's getting a lot of, and that was a February movie. Yep. So that's like this year's Mad Max. So that could get. It'll be interesting to see how much they invest in trying to get that some some more love. I mean, it's. Universal, so it's not like they've got the greatest backing to really push them, but sure. you never know. For sure. All right, uh, let's go into your supporting actress one. I just got to say, going back to your supporting actors, not a single one from your original. Not a single not one. Not a nope. single one. It's a literal graveyard of scratched out names and new names Listen, and that's stuff. why they call it the way too early. <laughs> I at least, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah, it was. It was way too early. All right, let's let's do the best supporting actress ones, and then we can talk a little bit more about the the politicking because that's my favorite part. All right, so this one stayed relatively the same for yeah. me. I've had Mary J. Blige from the beginning. I'm sticking with her. I've had uh, Hung Chow from Downsizing from mm -hmm. the beginning. Um, I am going with Allison Janney. Yeah. Janney, Janney from I Tanya. Uh, I've I'm pumped to see that. I'll let you know tomorrow okay. if, uh, if it was as good as I'm excited about. Okay. But uh, that's my latest in there. And I released uh, Sersha, Sersha mm -hmm. because that was last time we talked. There was some talk about would they submit her as supporting. Right. But uh, obviously she's not. So we're going Lori Metcalf for Lady Bird. Basically just a replacement, same movie. Pretty just much. Just putting the person who's the nomination there. And then sticking with Octavia Spencer in Shape of Water. I think Metcalf's the front runner in that in that category here. Man, talk about just down downsizing. Like nothing happened with downsizing. Essentially, I I know this is like I don't I think this is a four horse race. And in reality, I don't think it's much of a race, but I think it's Holly Hunter, Allison Janney, Lori Metcalf. And you could just leave it at that three. Like, everyone else doesn't have a chance. Like, Octavia Spencer, whatever. Hong Chow, whatever. I think it's between those three. I still think the one that you're 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 forgetting about that, that could sneak in there is Mary J. Blige for Mudbound. Some Mudbound. Because they haven't gotten... Mudbound got a lot of love early, and right. it hasn't really heard much Netflix. since. Netflix. 
And is, is that the Netflix? Is Netflix going to get behind that? Is that the net? Is that the Netflix effect? Right. And that kind of leads us in the last thing I want to talk about. We don't really have any structure for this last bit, but I wanted to bring up the politicking. I wanted to bring up the marketing and why, why I think that this season is bullshit. <laughs> as much as I love it. It's all nonsense. I mean, you look at uh, like genuinely amazing films that have come out that nobody is talking about. And I'm talking about and even then I try to list out movies that have like critical or like awards appeal that fit a certain niche, you know, so like your Wind Rivers or your Baby Drivers or even your Wonder Woman's like. Those all fit a certain niche, but we talk so much about diversity in in awards representation and box office representation. And from some of the nominations that we've read out, it looks like we're starting to trend towards more diversity. We're getting more African-Americans nominated. We're getting more women nominated. We're getting all of these things nominated. But I'm going to beat this fucking drum until I get a legit comic book movie nominated for Best Picture. Where the diversity fails is in the movies themselves. There is no diversity in the movies themselves. I mean, you just look at our Best Picture nominees. Now, granted, taking them at face value, there are some pretty unique ones in there. I mean, most importantly, you have The Shape of Water which is um, essentially a monster love story. And then you have Get Out, which is essentially a horror film. But everything else fits the mold of a quote-unquote Oscar movie. You have your historical epics like Dunkirk and Darkest Hour and The Post. You have your quirky indie coming-of-age films like Lady Bird and Call Me By Your Name. You have the fucking boring-ass drama prestige pictures like phantom thread you know and and i feel like if the academy really wants people to give a shit then you need to have diversity in the films that you're nominating i already rattled off some ones that i like baby driver that movie made a hundred million dollars right or star wars the last jedi which as divisive as it is that's as good as any movie that i've seen this year and it drives me absolutely crazy. I think it's also interesting to see, too, like, you know, a movie like Detroit, you know, with uh -huh. Catherine, Catherine Bigelow behind it. Yep. You know, typically all she makes is movies that get nominated for Best Picture. Well, she make since, the, since the uh, – which is really funny because she started with genre pictures. Yeah. She started with zombie movies, but then she made uh, fucking uh, Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker. And now Bigelow, baby. Yeah. But the interesting thing is, do you think like something like Detroit was hurt by the fact that they came out in May or whenever it came out? I think May or June or maybe it was July. Possibly. I think Detroit was hurt by two things. Number one, I think that sometimes Hollywood's desire to be diverse turns them on themselves. So I don't think that a lot of people like the fact that a white woman is directing a movie about the black Detroit riots. Sure. Um, and number two, like, that movie's a tough fucking movie. Sure. Like, that is not a, like, a, and I'm not saying, like, The Hurt Locker was a fun movie to watch, but, like, Detroit is, like, a Saw movie that really happened. Yeah. Like, people were tortured and died in Detroit. That's not all sunshine and rainbows, especially when the real, real world isn't all sunshine and rainbows. Sure. And I think that probably had a negative effect on the film, probably. Sure. 
Um, but like I'm looking at a movie like War of the Planet, War for the Planet of the Apes, like that hits every box of what an academy like should like, and it's also a big blockbuster film. Like a, like when we had Jeremy Nakano in here to talk about Planet of the Apes, that guy hates the concept and he still enjoyed the movie. Do you think it's hurt though because it's a, it's not an exact remake, but it's a franchise for no for lack of better term no. you don't think that hurt oh, it at oh, all the fact that it With is a franchise yeah. yes yeah. yeah i think that the academy turns away from franchises it turns away from action movies well and not just a franchise movies. but a like it's been around for a long time like sure. there was originals and then there was the marky mark and sure. now we've had mm-hmm. three of these from that standpoint and i think the which the, have all been amazing and they have gotten better. And I think the good thing, at least for movies like War of the Planet of the Apes, Star Wars, um, things like that, is that they're so well done that because they're putting on such a big spectacle, yeah. like they're still going to get some good nominations out of like the technical categories yeah, and makeup and that kind of stuff. Horseshit. <laughs> I, I agree. But I think at least those have something to fall back on. There's one movie in here that I think it's garbage that it's not even being talked about as a nomination. Like you, we're looking at a list of potential threats, right? And it's in the possibilities section, and that's Wing River, right? And Which isn't a big film. Like it's the, not a big film, but it's easily in my top ten yeah, for best movies of this year. Yeah, it's in my top year. three. It's yeah, and it it's at least in my top five. Right. I'd have to go through it, but that movie doesn't even get talked about. And if it's just because the name Weinstein is next to it. That's garbage to me. Like, there's so many other people that are a part of that project that get affected neg- negatively because yeah, of that. Absolutely. But I mean, the same thing is true of the current war, even though the current war, like, apparently just isn't a very good film. But you look at, like, Fox Searchlight, A24. I told you A24 is a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> um, but, like, it's just the usual suspects. Look at every one of the front runners that we have. And all but, mm, let's see, two of them, three of them are independent films houses. Get Out was a universal wide release and Dunkirk was a Warner Brothers release. Everything else, Fox Searchlight, Sony Classes, A24, and then fucking Amazon on the on a front runners list. Like, go, like, the Independent Spirit Awards exist for a reason. So that we can focus on the love for the independent films. But they're not that fucking independent anymore if they're winning all the Oscars, David. That's stupid. If Lady Bird, the box office for Lady Bird right now, what is the box office for Lady Bird? Lady Bird, box office. Let's pull this shit up real time right now. Like, that movie's made a handful of dollars. Like, that movie has made a good amount of money on a on a micro budget. Like, it's already up to almost $30 million for a movie that costs, what, less than ten. Like that's a that's a twenty four is highest grossing film of all time, like that's crazy. You know these aren't just despite the fact that they're not making four hundred million dollars, <laughs> doesn't change the fact that they're box office successes, and it's just it's just so frustrating that that you have people who are whose favorite movies are are. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming or War for the Planet of the Apes or Beauty and the Beast and the Academy just won't even and when I say the Academy I'm talking about all of you everyone in the Academy 
is culpable. And granted, they are bringing on younger and younger talent now in the name of diversity, which I'm all about. Get those old fucks out. Get these you young kids in here to vote for. But but not if the young kids keep voting for hipster bullshit. Oh, I'm fired up. I don't even know if I'm making any sense, David. I'm seeing red right now. I'm hopped up on code red, and I'm tired of I'm I'm, I'm tired of seeing blockbusters, genuinely good films. And I've listed off some of them, and you know, not all of them are great. But the fact that like it isn't getting any type of nomination for anything, what the fuck, man? It is an amazing film. It's a great horror film. Nothing. A Saturn Award for best horror film, at you know, at best. And even then, The Shape of Water might beat it because Shape of Water is fucking weird. Who would have thought Oscar update number three or Oscar predictions number three would be our uh, our podcast with the most profanities so far? I don't think that that's true. <laughs> I think I've sworn a lot more on some other ones. But that's... Well, that's, the good news is is way too early. Uh, we're still way too early. I know we're starting to get some nominations, we're but the Oscars there. aren't out yet. The no. nominations aren't out yet. We don't. We have till the end of January. Yeah, so there's plenty of time for you to get even more pissed oh, off. Wait till those nominations come out, man. And like, and like Dunkirk doesn't get nominated for anything. Then the entire episode is just going to be me saying fuck over and over and over again. <laughs> God, that's all right. It's just an adult podcast. We say adult things. Um, but I think that's probably a good place to end it before I get too hot. What do you it's think? It's true. All we right. Did, we said this would be a short one, and if we let you keep going, it'll be a long one. It'll one. be a real long one. So we are going to uh, come back either next week or, or after the new year, um, although next week is after the new year, with our 2017 year in review. Now, granted, we have not seen every movie, but we're going to do our best. Um, and uh, so we'll be back with that. But as always, please do us a favor. Wherever you listen to this podcast, like rate share subscribe tell your friends tell your family spread the popcorn diet uh mantra of even though i get mad about these things nobody's wrong everybody's right all of these movies i'm sure are great movies to somebody do us a favor and do all that stuff for us and if you want to be a part of the conversation you can find us on social media on twitter on facebook on instagram at the popcorn diet you can find all of our oscar prognostications all of our reviews and articles at popcorndietpodcast.com but for the canadian machine mr david melhorn my name is rick williamson your very best good movie buddy and we're gonna see you next week with our 2017 year in review from the popcorn diet adios